Mental Health Bar. Thank you very much for joining us again this week. I am joined by the wonderful Tez Ilias, comedian and author. Thank you very much for joining us, Tez. Good afternoon, Chris. Uh, thank you for having me. Uh, I don't know what time the viewers are watching this. Could be a good morning, good afternoon, or Anyone, good evening for yeah. them, or good night, regardless. Hello. Could be any time. Could be. This is a podcast slash video yeah. on YouTube, so they probably they could be watching it on the toilet at, at one a.m. in Las Vegas. Who knows? Who knows? Yeah, good luck to you, buddy, if you're watching this at 1am. You've had a bad time in Las Vegas. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's what it is. Uh, but thank you very much for joining us, Tess. I've known you for a while. Like, we met back uh, at Electric Mouse in London. And uh, third gig, right? You were doing your Yeah, third... that was my third ever gig. My first ever non-showcase gig. What's so a show? In many, so, like, because it's a stand-up workshop. Ah. And so at the end of it, there was a showcase so I did my one and the so my course was running on Saturdays. The other course was running on Wednesdays. So I did right. both of those showcases. Um, right. And then, so your gig was the gig that you saw met me at. Yeah, was yeah, probably my first was. ever, my first ever proper, like proper gig. Proper gig. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, the, yeah that's yeah, crazy. Yeah. I, I like, so it, cause I was, you were a different looking person then you had, you were <laughs> business suits and yeah. clean shaven, right? You were clean shaven. And yeah. Business, yeah. I was coming, I, I was coming from work. Were you a lawyer? That's what you were, right? No, time. I was in the civil service. Oh, you were in the civil service. So I, was like civil service. I, was at, I was at the home office. <laughs> um, <laughs> what would I have been doing? I was working in the Olympics at the time, actually. That's were what you? Doing. What were you doing at the Olympics? On, uh, 100 meters mainly. No, joke. <laughs> um, <laughs> got them in. Uh, just preparing the Olympics for... Um, so at the home office, our job was to make sure they were safe and secure for the public and everyone. Who was right, there, yeah, the athletes yeah. and stuff. So yeah, that was our that was our job at the home office. So I was in I was in that. All oh, right, yeah. okay. Was that the gig? I don't know. Do you remember? But was it the gig? I'm not going to mention the comic, but he now lives in America. Um, who where he had paid someone to pretend to have a heart attack? Was that because that was an electric mouse? But were you, was that the was one? that the sort of um, knockoff Russell Brand character? Yeah, that's it. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think yeah. it was. That was and 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 I, I remember the the person going on. And thinking, wow, because you know, there's a lot of confidence there. Confidence, yeah, blind confidence. There's yeah. a lot of confidence there and a lot of like performer skills. Yes, absolutely. So I was quite excited to watch, going, oh wow, this is gonna be cool. And I remember watching them just thinking, This is this good? <laughs> yeah. You like, don't, don't know. know do you? I don't know if this is good or not. I don't I, know if it's I, good. I, I can tell you now. I, I won't, but yeah. I can tell you now what I think. No. But then I was like, is this is this comedy? <laughs> okay. But confidence. Yeah, I remember that counseled for a lot doesn't it i think that people underestimate how much you can have confidence instead of talent you can just substitute yeah. one for the other and that yeah, was a... and it... <laughs> oh, sorry go on no i was gonna say and that uh, it wasn't the the point of that story wasn't that he wasn't he was just confident on talent it was the fact that he paid a person to pretend to have a heart attack and i thought that that was i thought that i think that's why i remember i mean un obviously meeting you was a momentous occasion Tears. but i think that that's why i remember that gig so much is because i've never done, i've never seen anyone pay another member of the audience to pretend to have so that they could save them that was the whole bit wasn't it yeah that was it wasn't it that was mad what a time you know what the open mic circuit in london specifically specific. was a magical time around that period like i mean you can delete <laughs> some you can cut some of this out 
But do you remember? Um, we, we don't know. Oh, but... Okay, I won't mention names then. But there were some real characters though you around mention... that time. What kind of people though? Are you talking about the guy who used to go on and just freestyle at the end and people were like, is he amazing or is he awful? God, was... not even, the, the guy who kept a blog oh, about God. everyone, the guy who kept a blog about yeah. everyone and he'd badmouth everyone and, and then found a second career in Germany, in German yeah. speaking. I knew you were going to say that guy. Um, He's like, doing well in Germany. He's big in Germany. There were so many characters like, I remember at the time thinking this should be a sitcom. Like there is, there are people here, like, and I count myself as one of those that are like, they feel like they want yeah. to be standard comedians and they need to go through this process to get to the other side. Yeah, yeah. And then there were some people that were using it as sort of like, we need to get out of the house and make friends and we are not going to progress at any other stage, but apart from this, yeah. but this will be our life, our social life, everything. This will be our everything. Yep. And then there were some people who just needed therapy, Chris. <laughs> There are, some, there are definitely some people who were using it. They were taking the problems they had with their parents out on us as an, as as watchers, yeah. as an audience. They definitely and as, were. And as fellow open micers as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, it, was, it was just a mad time. It's a mad time, but I'm glad. So I'm glad I did it. I'm glad I did it. I'm, obviously, for both of us, it worked out. We're both mm. in that career. Uh, you obviously doing very well. Very well. How's the? You got you. a book out and everything. So I, I do have a book out to keep handily here. That's this is my mum's copy. Is it uh, your mum's copy? Diary. Did uh, you yeah, sign the it? Secret Diary of a British. I did. I put a nice little. Oh my! I won't God. read it out, but I put a nice little message in it. And stuff oh. like. uh, the Secret Diary of a British Muslim, aged thirteen and three quarters. So it's about my That's life. Good. Growing up in Blackburn in the nineties, Blackburn, England, in the nineties. So yeah, it's, uh, is there another Blackburn? available? There's a Blackburn in Scotland. I didn't know that. I didn't. Yeah, know that. and there probably is a Blackburn in America somewhere. They always just copy your names, don't they? You see, there's so many different places. But that's congratulations on that. That's, I, I, I would find it. I'm incredibly hard to write a book. So well done on that. Thank you. Yeah, no, was, the idea was. I remember when I first sat down to write it, and I thought my target was eighty thousand words. I ended up writing a lot more than that. But my target initially was 80,000 words, and I thought that's eight university dissertations. <laughs> I, I barely wrote one. Yeah, like, yeah. I, I did write one, but barely. And I just, barely. the idea of it was just, I thought this was beyond me, but turns out it wasn't. So, wasn't behind you. It's in, it's in things. You've sold them. They're, I've seen it. I've seen reviews on Amazon. It's going very well. It's excellent. Yeah. Um, I have not bought a copy yet, but I will be. And um, just waiting for that sweet Twitch money to come in. Um, mm. Mm. Uh, almost three feet. No, I don't know what it is. Um, but you, you're doing really well. And uh, but when I met you, obviously you were third gig in. You were going through. You started out. You and I know. I, the next time I think I saw you was when you did that. Uh, you was, uh, Kate and Gary and you did that show in Edinburgh, which was yes. Gag songs called? and bombs. Gag songs and bombs. Yeah, that was it. That was it. <laughs> that was so much fun. That was such a good Edinburgh. It was such a good Edinburgh, that one. It was, uh, really, that was, it was my school. first Edinburgh. That was old school. It was my first Edinburgh. It was actually the first time I'd been to the festival. Same, so same. I, I, yeah, so I'd never been to the Fringe before that. And we just thought, actually, neither had Gary or Kate. Uh, and I, like, you know, that was a lot of experiences, working class yeah. kids. Like we just, we just, you know, it was an all thing. It was an all radar. So yeah. um, we had no idea how it worked. We found out that, you know, over the year, because 2010 I started, 2011 is when we went. So over the year we found out there's a free fringe. This is how you participate, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, and yeah. I, I met them very early. We got on really, really well. So we thought let's do a show together. And for people who don't know, like 
Edinburgh Fringe is where you kind of, you go to, you know, you make your calling card and, and get noticed by the industry. But for newer comics, it's a chance to go up there and share an hour. Um, yeah. And so Gary Troll, who's on Twitch actually, uh, and, and Kate Lucas, who great, good friends of mine, very good uh, funny comics. We decided to share an hour where we do like 15, 20 minutes each. Actually, Laura, do you remember Laura Carr? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm still so Laura Carr was our, was our MC. Um, yeah, right. for Yeah, sure. So, so for, I mean, that was a decision that we regretted. Not because she wasn't good, she was great. But it was kind of like when we got there, we were like, oh, we should really be doing this ourselves. Yeah. Like, we should be learning how to cold open a show. But we were all <laughs> too scared. And we were like, well, let's get an MC to warm the crowd up before the first person goes on. And now I'm like, why didn't we just go on? I was like, because we, we, we rotated the lineup every single day. Yeah. Um, so we had a chance of going on first, second, and third uh, to make it fair, fair on ourselves and to get the, like, the right experience for each other. But uh, yeah, it was just uh, very, yeah, it was good. It was great. I had such a good time watching shows and meeting up with you guys and making friends with like Ignacio Lopez was like the show before me. So yeah, I yeah. Got to know him really well. But yeah, it was, it was, yeah, it was great. It's that, I think that they, so those, and like you mentioned working class, uh, being working class, the, for the people that are, so for middle class people, like the Edinburgh Fringe is in their rate, it's on their radar. It's something that happens. If you're a performer or you, and you're in Oxford or Cambridge, it's something you do. Whereas for, I, I like, and I, I, I consider myself working class because I was brought up working class, uh, even though my accent suggests otherwise. Uh, and, but you're working class as well. And so the Edinburgh Fringe is financially out of reach for you. Even as a, because you work, like as a working class comedian, you have your day job and then you do comedy at night and there's yeah. no extra money. There's nothing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. To, yeah. To, to and I think with. what people don't realize, like, comedy it takes a while to earn even pocket change. Yes. <laughs> oh, I think God. it was like three, four years until I was earning, like, anything, you know, where I could like, give myself a, a little treat. And by little treat, I mean, you know, a meal out. You know, yeah. that took three, four years. Like, for three, four years of earning, like, gigging for nothing. Oh, Literally yeah. nothing, not even expenses. Like, you know, they expect you to go to, like, the arse end of nowhere in a car share where you, you know, punt up the petrol money, but you don't get any money at the gig, not even, no. like, not even a tenner. Like, I will always give, like, if I run gigs now, and I don't run many, I run, like, one in a, every blue moon, but I yeah. make sure the open the open act gets paid expenses. Yes. So, yeah. you know, if they've if they, if they got a car over, if they've got a train over, whatever, they're getting, they're getting something for their troubles. You should always um, pay someone if they're entertaining. Even, like, you've been and performed at my gigs, even, the, again, like, 25 quid minimum, just something. Yeah that covers yeah. it just so that if because yeah. even you would pay anyone like if you just help like calls your sister over and you said come here help us out you'd you'd if they were helping you out at a birthday party you'd give them food and stuff i don't know why they're not invited yeah, to of it. course. Better, but i mean the guy the guy um someone came to change our sky uh box the other day and it was the day after my sister's birthday um so we had loads of cake left over and i thought would you like some cake and he was like oh, yes <laughs> and so he was fixing our skybox and he got to have some iron brew and cake but that's just you know because he was you know it's so, just nice what I, you do I, I i offered him a cup of tea like you do it like i treated him like a builder yeah um and he was like pretended an you were madly <laughs> yeah i'm an engineer iron brew please uh so i got him some iron brew and cake and he just had a lovely time he had a lovely time you have to do that you have to be nice so yeah you you, you did all that very successful now you obviously you've been on all sorts of tv shows and you had your own what happened with uh test talks how did that come about so test talks was my radio show and that came about from my first edinburgh show uh test talks <laughs> it was <laughs> my a, edinburgh show in title. 2015 yeah. oh, oh, i'm full of them bro when i do <laughs> tesington world of adventures tesington uh, world of adventures. <laughs> then you know that's my that's going to be my retirement show 
Yeah, so yeah, yeah. if you see that next year or 50 years from now, you're like, okay, he's done with this now. He's done. Yeah, this is the end of Tess's career. The, the, la- the, last, the last hurrah. Um, yeah. So yeah, so Tess talked to the show we took to the Edinburgh Fringe Festival, a solo show, one-man show in 2015. Went really, really well. Uh, and the BBC radio people came to look at it. They loved it. And they wanted to turn it into a radio show. And so that's what we did. And we've now done three series of that. And yeah. it lives on everywhere you can get your podcasts from. So whether that's I Apple Podcasts or Spotify or BBC Sounds or whatever, uh, yeah. Test Talks is available. There's 16 episodes and they're only 15 minutes each. And it is stand up in front of a live audience. And it's very well edited and put together. And I'm very proud of it. So, well, yeah. Be. So, so and and it was originally on, original on BBC Radio 4, which again was a thing that I didn't know was a thing. Yeah, you didn't BBC, know about radio B- B- BBC Radio, I knew, I knew that it existed in that because, you know, you see yeah. it. But I didn't know BBC Comedy, that's where BBC Radio Comedy lived. I didn't even know no. much about BBC Radio Comedy. The first time they invited me onto the Now Show, which is, which is BBC Radio 4's, it is the flagship comedy show for BBC right. Radio 4. Hugh Dennis of Mock the Week fame and Steve Punt, his comedy partner, they've been doing it for 25 years. Chris, I didn't know what it was. And when the <laughs> producer invited me on, I thought they were inviting me on to like the radio equivalent of the one show. Right. And I was so close to turning it down. Right. Until, until, until my agent was like, well, just hear them out. And I think my agent assumed I knew what it was. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So she didn't, so she didn't say, so yeah. she didn't say, oh, it's a comedy show. She just like, well, just hear them out. Assuming I knew what it was. And I was being, I was just being weird. Uh, <laughs> or maybe, or maybe she thought my anxiety was getting the better of me or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then they spoke to me and then about five minutes in, I was like, is this a, sorry, is this a comedy show? Just the way they were talking was suggesting it was a comedy show. And I was like, they were like, yes. And I was like, oh yeah, of course I'll do it. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> they must have been so bizarre for them. Mate, I think, see, that's, I think that's a working class thing where we just weren't brought up with those kind of things. I hadn't even been to, so when I started doing stand up, I hadn't even been to live comedy because I, it was just tickets to live comedy were like expensive. And they just I think I'd been to see Jimmy Carr live in Blackburn, yeah. Where, yeah, where I'm from. I'd been to see Chris Rock live in Birmingham, yeah. Um, and I think I'd been to see like the improv show at the comedy store on a date, right? Yeah, the comedy store players, I think it's called. I think yeah, I'd been yeah. to see them on a date, but I'd never been to see a mixed bill. You know, no, the, I didn't even the know stuff that, that, the stuff that we do. <laughs> yeah, the, the stuff that we do. I, I the like thing my that we do. Show. I'd never been to one. Yeah. No, no, because you just because it's expensive, and you were like, I don't know these people. Yeah, yeah, exactly. There's that. Yeah. So my first mixed bill I went to was it was homework from the workshop. They set us homework. Like, go and watch a gig. So we went to watch the Ninety Nine Club uh, in Leicester Square. Good choice. And like Good choice. Scott Capuro, Scott Capuro was headlining, and Scott I was like, this guy's so funny. Oh my god, he's so funny, and now he's a mate. It's so weird. It's so weird, right? That uh, that's why I was like, I was saying this to um my so my kids know comics that are like massively famous because they've just been here, you know, they've come to do my gig and then come around the house beforehand for dinner. Uh, like mm. Desiree stayed over a bunch of times. Um, Imran came over and played Switch with the girls. And they'll go back to school and they'll be like, oh yeah, I know that person from that reality TV show. We They've been and stayed at the house a bunch of times. The kids think they're liars. Like they think that they're, <laughs> they're lying, <laughs> that they've met this person. I have it with man like Morbin because like, all of my cousins have got kids and yeah. I've got nieces and nephews and my niece and nephew is a bit more circumspect and a bit more shy, but my cousin's kids are like, yeah, we know Tez, he's my uncle, he's my, 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 my dad's cousin or whatever. And the kids do not believe them. 
No. And so I've had to tell my cousins to tell their kids to tell their friends. I mean, to tell to 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 make sure they do not tell their friends where I live. Jesus Christ, really? Because because they're, because they're kids, right? They're like, yeah, well, yeah. I know where he lives. And the kids are like, well, no, you don't. And they're like, I'll show you. Because it's on the <laughs> way home. And they're like, there, he lives there. And I'm like, what are you doing? Stop telling people my, my address. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ, mate. But, but they, that's great. So Man Like Mobine, you really successful show. Just been nominated for two BAFTAs, did I see? Yeah, so we got, we got nominated last year for uh, Best Comedy Show. And Gus, Gone, Gus Khan got nominated for Best Male Comedy Performance. Yeah. And we just got the same nominations again this year. Fantastic. So I'm a, yeah, I'm a, I'm a, I'm in a show that's a four time BAFTA nominated show. It's incredible, but there's, it's that's not cool. it. There's, there's a list of successes in here, a list of achievements, uh, live at the Apollo, all those kind of things. Fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. And you met, but what I want to go back to, cause that's what the show is about. And obviously, uh, I don't want to skip over it too much. Um, you went back to anxiety and I know that during all of this success, during your career, which has been fantastic and it's been, and, and you're a lovely guy as well. You stayed humble a lot of some people I found with, uh, whenever they become a comedian, they go from being like a normal person to being a, a weirdo. And, uh, but it, it happens to all of us. Um, and we just don't want to talk to people who aren't good at comedy. So I get it. Um, but you, <laughs> <laughs> you do, you don't want to make the friend. You don't want to make the friend because you don't want them to come off the stage and be like, cool. Well, it's the, um, it's the, oh, how, how do you think that was? And they're like, how did you think it went? <laughs> it was interesting. That's yeah. the word. Interesting. It happened. It happened. The worst thing you can ever say about someone is he's a nice guy. Or well, they're a nice oh my person. God. Oh my yeah. God. The yeah. worst. If if someone says about oh. you, if they're like, if you say, if you're talking to someone, and I mean in a gig, in a com comedy world thing, if you say to someone, what do you think of this comedian? And they say, they're a nice person. That's the first thing they say. Oof. You're not booking them. Yeah. <laughs> you're not, yeah, you're not booking yeah. So yeah. I know that that's literally, that's in my bio. Chris Purchase, nice person. That's just in my comedy cv out there but there's a that i put it there first um but for you you've gone through just get preemptive um but you have done all this success and i know that you've had a lot of anxiety because it, you wouldn't know it now but you suffered without alopecia all the way through your career how did that start it was weird because i didn't even know it was, i chris didn't read i've had anxiety until last year during the pandemic right i just because you know we all we all have some level of anxiety every person does because you yeah. know otherwise you've got nothing to do in your life you know even if you're like oh i've got to take the pins out you're anxious until you can take the pins out you know everyone's got some sort of anxiety and i didn't know i had it um but i i, I first had alopecia in my beard so like i lost a chunk of hair so for people who don't know this it's hair loss uh yeah. that is it's temporary it can be temporary hair loss for some people it can be permanent but it's generally temporary hair loss and so i just like one p coin in my beard just here and i was like what the it's, I'd never heard of the term. I didn't know what it was. So that's really weird. What is that? And I didn't go to the doctor about it. It just kind of, over, over, I think three or four months, the hair just, it just grew back. So I was like, oh, whatever. And then over the subsequent years, I just started getting patches here, 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 here. And then eventually I lost the entire bottom bit just disappeared completely. Jeez, yeah. And then I had like, like I basically had a holy beard is what I called it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So I'd start shaving it and I kept trying to keep it clean shaven, which I didn't necessarily want to. Um, and then in 2016, um, I came back on holiday from Morocco with my boys and I noticed I had like a, 
little, just a little thing here, a little thing. And, I, and, and having noticed the signs of my beard, I was like, oh my God, it's not, is it? But I kind of st- tried to stay positive and thought, no, it's, it can't be that, it'd be fine. But then just over the months, it started growing and growing and growing and growing. And eventually got like a massive hole here. And I was like trying to try trying to cover it up with my hair like yeah. this, doing a really bad job. And then I got a really, I got a big patch, equally big patch on, on the back of my head here. Uh, so I just eventually just shaved my head. Uh, and so I just, yeah, so I just went with the, with the bald head. But weirdly, my my beard healed right at the time yeah. that my um that my hair went so such a weird timing so april 2017 was when i shaved my hair yeah and it was about the same time that the beard grew back fully or at least this bit like i still i still hadn't this bit took a bit of time the bit at the bottom but at least the top bit you could be like oh he's got a beard again so then i could at least have bald head with a beard as opposed yeah. to yeah completely shave everything but that that was that was hard the beard one was like it ended up being like a conversation it was, i didn't like it but the conversation started to fight but with the hair i like i just started wearing caps because also my hair grows really really fast and so within so when i went to the barbers like you know they do the you know the the, the razor yeah. shave close shave and then for a day or 80 or a day and a half it's fine and then it starts you know the the, the shadow grows yeah. and then you can see that the big patch here and stuff and i'm not you know i wasn't bald i had a full head of hair so it was just like, this is not fair. <laughs> this is not fair. Like, I have a yeah. full head of hair. Um, so I started wearing caps to everything. I just then I, That's when I started ditching the suits. So I could wear a hat. So I ditched the suits oh, right. a more casual. So I could wear a cap on stage. Um, and that's that's when that decision came. And yeah, it's something that I learned to live with. And then um, a friend of mine, in, my cousin in Blackburn's got a friend and we were hanging out once and he was like, I just want to ask you about your alopecia. And I was like, oh, you know, I always, I got semi-annoyed when people brought you up because I'm like, people are like, I remember once when I, when I was in my beard and I went to my cousin's house and some random auntie was there. When I say auntie, I mean a family friend um, <laughs> was there and she looked at me and she went, oh, what's happened to your face? She didn't say hello. She didn't say, how are you? <laughs> She didn't say, no. oh, I see you've got the thing. She just went, what's wrong with your face? I just turned around and went to her, what's wrong with your face? You've gone really old. Oh, and wow. My mum and my aunt were proper panicking. Oh, oh, you can't, you can't. And I was like, well, tell her not to be rude then. I mean, in, in, in Asian families, we have this big thing about respecting elders as well. And I was like, as far as they were concerned, I was like way out of line. Yeah. But I was like, well, she started in it. Like, and they were like, yeah, but you know, she's older. And I'm like, well, next time she won't do it to someone else. Because she was like really taken aback. Well, of course, and I was like, yeah. well, well, screw her, isn't it? Like, what about my feelings? Um, so I was really self-conscious about it. And um, like it, was, it was one of those things, I didn't mind talking about it when I wanted to talk about it. Yeah, absolutely. But, yeah. Just, but when other people brought it up, I was like, maybe you don't want to talk about it right now. Like, no. read, the, like, read, the, like read the room a little bit. Um, but yeah, when it spread to my head, that's when I got super self-conscious about it. Especially when like, you know, it was like three, four day growth and you could see like a big patch there. So like I always wore a cup and stuff um, to hide it. And then, and then, yeah, so my, 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 uh, so I always thought it was like kind of stress related. And I thought, what's going on in my life? Because I've I, I, I've never like, as far as I'm aware, I've never been diagnosed with depression or whatever. Mm. So I thought, well, maybe that's my body's way of dealing with the stress and the anxiety. Instead yeah. of taking it out of my brain, it takes it out on my body. <laughs> yeah. So, and then, and then I spoke to, um, um my cousin one of his mates and stuff we were just hanging out and he was like he wanted to bring me up um and then it turns out he had vitiligo yes uh, the condition that makes your skin go white yeah so he was suffering from that so then i thought oh okay twins uh not exactly twins but cousins you know we've got we've got a thing that we can share um 
and he was saying that how he'd he was explaining how he'd halted the process and i was like oh and apparently like everything is gut related and he's like you know i was eating the wrong foods and therefore you know some weird sciencey thing about the gut he was like oh go to this guy he did a test so i went to this guy uh i've forgotten the name of the test um and he basically just tested me for all my allergies and um intolerances right yeah and it yeah. turns out i was gluten intolerant oh wow and that was a large part of it so i went gluten free uh and then when i went to, and then doing research uh i found out that corticosteroids are something that can be effective against alopecia there's mm. a cream i tried the cream didn't work for me the last resort was injections i was on the nhs waiting list or like i was waiting for an appointment for like three months and then i missed it because i had a gig so i had to wait another three months and i was like oh this is taking forever so i happened to be in dubai visiting my best friend and they had like a private clinic downstairs so i just walked in and i was like do you guys do like corticosteroid injections they were like what's the issue and i got alopecia so they booked me with the dermatologist the next day and uh that same afternoon she gave me the injections oh right and like, it, it cost me like 200 yeah and it worked and then so I, I i um i think they were like the accelerant and then i think going gluten-free kind of kept it kept it off yeah um and yeah so that's kind of what made my hair grow back and has so it I've got this um luscious head of hair you have it's very thick I haven't, I haven't been to the barber yet. I'm waiting till Eid. So I, to go to you know, I like that your hair now represents the same hair that you've got on the front of your book. That's what I like. <laughs> yeah, got, yeah, yeah. It almost seems like a publicity stunt. Like you've done it on purpose. <laughs> so people know that it's the same person. That's definitely me. But it affected your, did it affect your mental health? Would you say that like having alopecia, did it affect your it, self-esteem? It definitely affected, it definitely affected my self-esteem. Yeah. Definitely. Like I was definitely more anxious, like, you know, if you're single trying to chat someone up or whatever it definitely affected like oh, yeah. my chat my chat um yeah no it def definitely like i always wore a hat like i, I was a, i was a hat fish is that your own term no no someone else i found it on the internet but yeah i was i was a hat fish um reveal yeah so um but yeah no definitely affected my self-esteem myself i it's weird, like how much our appearance, physical appearance, affects our self-esteem, right? Mm. Like, like I, like I look great twice a month after I've been to the barbers, <laughs> right? After I've been to the barbers, and whatever the barber does lasts about two days, right? Yeah, and I generally go at least once, sometimes twice a month. So about two to four days a month, I look mm, banging. <laughs> the rest of the time, I'm just getting by. Oh, I don't agree. I think that's how, always... that's, that's, how, that's how I feel, though. That's how you feel. Oh, see, <laughs> yeah. that's a see, how you feel is a different thing. That's, uh, but I, yeah, I think yeah. you're always pretty much on point. Like, I've seen you a, a lot, and I've seen you a lot. That makes it sound like I'm in your house. But I've seen you a bunch, and every single time I've seen you, you you're well put together. You're like, you, you look good. You look good now. Well, that's very kind. That's very kind. But, it's, but it's so, that's so different to how you feel, right? Exactly. It's like, it's like when you have a gig and you come off and people are like, oh, that was great. And you're like, mm, I wasn't feeling it. I didn't feel like Because we had gigs where we come off going, that was great. And you feel it yourself. You're like, I love that. That was brilliant. And you have other gigs where some people might think, or some people might come up to you like, that was brilliant. But you don't necessarily feel it yourself. Yes. It's kind of like that. It's kind of like that, I guess. Yeah, yeah. And you, you I, I think a probably important part of it is that you can do it, right? Now that it's grown back and stuff, you can now go and get it done. And feel and it's a yeah. great feeling right that's yeah, gonna yeah, be a yeah. fantastic yeah I'm, yeah yeah 
I would compare it to my weight loss because I lost 10, 10 stone. And now when I go and buy, I feel great. But if I can't do a coat up because of like, I've put half a stone on over lockdown, for example, and I'm like, I get really like, it, it doesn't really matter. You know, I can just lose it, but I get really sad even though I've like, right. yeah, it's like yeah, just yeah. because it's a little bit tight and I'd compare it to that, right? It, it doesn't matter. No one's like- Yeah, cause that I, I would have noticed, like your, yeah, your yeah. friends probably would have noticed, but you know, I've done the same, like I've put on bit during this lockdown and I've like, you've got quite a big frame or yeah, a bigger sense. frame than mine. Like I don't, I don't have a, I, I'm 5'8", I have a smaller frame. And so I don't feel like a lot of, like when I gain weight, it doesn't necessarily suit me. Um, so I'm conscious of that right now. Like, I'm not being too worried about it because it is lockdown. I'm not like, you know, like, it is yeah, yeah. we've all gained weight over lockdown. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But as the world is opening back up again in May, June or whenever it is, I'm just conscious. I'm like, I just want to lose this. Like, I'm the heaviest I am. Or like, I'm the heaviest I was three weeks ago. It's like Ramadan now. So I don't know if that's made a difference. Yeah, yeah. A difference it'll make. Um, but I don't, own, I don't have scales in the house. But I have them at my dad's house. My dad has some scales. Or my sisters, I should say, have some scales at my dad's house. So I probably, next time I'm over, uh, I might, I might check my, I might check it out. What, what if I, if I've I, recovered I, any? But, but I don't. Yeah, I'm just, I just need to like, yeah, because none of my, some like I have one shirt that fits me. Right. <laughs> right but that's see that's the thing i'm okay with you like not you personally but i'm okay I've, I've got a problem with people when they're trying to hit like a number because your body doesn't know what that number is your body isn't yeah. like i will be healthy at 16 stone but i'm unhealthy at 16 and a half stone it doesn't know that whereas if you're trying to fit into clothing that you did have and you're trying to go i understand that because i don't want to have to buy a whole new wardrobe <laughs> that's expensive yeah that's yeah exactly that's that's what my problem is. But uh, so no, I'm not gonna. I wasn't gonna talk about weight with you, but because I, I I think that alopecia is something that people don't talk about, and they're very worried about talking about, and it affects, like you say, self esteem. So I'm very aware that we, we we've been talking for half an hour about it. But I would say, what would you say to people who are suffering with it that have self esteem issues? What would is there any advice you could give to people openly that would, um, that helped you? Honestly, people on. No one's laughing at you, first of all. That's so important. no one's, yeah, so no one's laughing at you. No one's pointing at you going, <laughs> Humpty Dumpty over here. Like, you know, no one's, no one's, no one's doing that. Um, and also it's, it's not your hair. Your hair is not who you are. Yeah. As a person, like, like I realized that, like I, I kind of, towards the end of it, I kind of got over it. Yeah, and um, like I still wore a hat and stuff, but I was significantly less self-conscious about it. And it got to the point where I was like, "Well, if this is my life, this is my life." Like you know, people people go bald and stuff, and yeah. and you know, people who you know, people who in their twenties would have had like shoulder-length hair. You know, yeah. lads, they go they go bald and stuff, like you know, like rockers and stuff. Like you know, it does happen. So it's something you have to live with. And no, no one's saying Bruce Willis is unattractive. You know what I mean? No. Like you know, no, I one still is, would. no one's you know, no one's ever said that, even in you know die hard which was like 30 years ago he was bored in that let alone now oh, yeah, he was, so he? so you know like no one's saying that so it's it's you can change how you feel about it because no one else is really that bothered yeah yeah that's a great way of putting it no one else is that bothered so they might bring you up once like, you know if someone hasn't seen you for a while yeah they might bring you up and that can trigger a bit of like you know, self-esteem issues and feeling sorry for yourself and stuff. If someone says like, oh, you're bald now. Where's your hair gone? Oh, and then they'll move on within five minutes. They'll move on. Yeah, they will. And, 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 then if so, 
And then it's up to you how much you let that affect you. Uh, if you're kind of like, okay, this person hasn't seen me. This person hasn't seen me for a bit. Of course they're going to bring you up. It'd be weird if they didn't in the same way that if, you know, someone, if, you know, if, if your missus or your partner cuts their hair, you're like, oh, you've cut your hair. Or, someone, or you're at work and someone's cut their hair with the weekend. You're like, oh, you cut your hair. It looks great. If someone changes their appearance a bit, you, you tend, we tend to comment on it. Yes. Um, even those of us who might have had something like alopecia, like, you know, if, you know, if, like I know if my friends have gained weight. Like but these are red, these are like good friends of mine, not just, good friends. Not just, yeah, yeah, good friends, good friends. Don't do it to the cashier in Tesco. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, bro, what's going on? And like, oh man, yeah, you know, whatever. Like, it's um, that's what it is. Like, it just um, kind of yeah. What people say and how people say and act, it's still up to you how you react to that. Yeah. How you react is up to you. Yeah, that's an important. I think that's something that people don't realize is that people don't think about them as much as they think they do no they, they don't they don't yeah once you might have times something it's like when someone's <laughs> it's like it's like when someone says something on twitter like someone you know says something about twitter something backhanded and you're like yeah. oh, are they talking about me yes they, they must be talking about me like you didn't cross their mind they're just talking yeah. about something generally and you're like oh, did, they, did they mean me yeah no they didn't they didn't mean you no. yeah yeah Exactly. And even if they did, what does it matter? It doesn't matter. It's one yeah. in a million thousand tweets that are being sent that yeah. second. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. it'll be gone in an hour. It's... Yes, and like friends of mine are like, oh, don't say that about me on stage. I'm like, no one knows who you are. Yes. I, don't, I, don't, I don't mention your name or change your name or whatever. No one knows who you are, so don't worry about it. But I know who I am. I'm like, well, well then you can figure out how you want to react to it. Well, yeah. Yeah, you choose how you react to the world. Yeah, it's a good point. So, so I've tried to. Don't um, like it's, that's easier said than done. I understand that. That is yeah. very easy to say, and we all have different triggers and we all have different emotional states. I understand that, but it is still up to you how you react to things because you can't control other people and how they behave and how they react to things. And it's like road rage; you can't control other cars on the road but you can control how you react to other cars on the road. And I say that as someone who does occasionally get road rage. <laughs> are you, are you, in, did, was I right in thinking that you're a newer driver, more recent? No, 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 no. I've oh. been driving for a long time. No, no. Okay. I, 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 I bought a car when I moved, when I left London, I moved back home. That was it. Yeah. I bought myself a nice car because, you know, because I, I was saving so much money on rent. Yeah, from uh, not being in London. That's yeah. what it was. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, so I have had my license since like after uni. That's I uh, yeah I think it was the new car so I was I, I was going to be like oh wow so but yeah so it's great I think that that's a very good thing people's perception of you is not your problem just whatever and often like you say when they say something like that it's not it, they're not being horrible most of the time they're just yeah reacting most of the time people just need something to say I remember my uh, I had to tell my mum off a couple of weeks ago because we were coming back into the house we'd been just like doing the Tesco shopping or whatever. And the lady from a couple of doors up came out of a house. And yeah. she, I think she'd been ill for a little bit. Maybe she, I don't know if she'd have the corona or something, but she'd been ill for a little bit. And my mom just brought it up. She was like, oh, you're looking, you know, you're looking a bit weak or whatever in Punjabi, like translates better. She's like, oh, you're, you're looking a bit weak. And I just looked up, I just went inside and I could see the woman's reaction. Like she had a split second of like, and then she carried on, like she just answered the question like normal. Yeah, yeah. But just when my mom came in, I was like, that was so unnecessary. And my mom realized, to her credit, my mom was like, 
I know. Like as soon as I said it, I felt really bad. Yeah. And I shouldn't have said it. And I felt really bad about it. But you know, so my mum recognized that. Yeah. But I was like, Mom, there was Good. there was no need to to say that about her. Like you could just <laughs> say how are you and stuff. Like no need to talk about how what she looks like. Yeah. But that, yeah, and it's consideration. But I think again, it, that's a generational thing. Like my mum would do the same thing. My mum would have been like, yeah. she would have commented because that's just and like you say, it's just something to say. That's all they're doing. Yeah. Is they're just saying something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Thank you very much for for uh, coming here, Tez. Tez, tell tell everyone where they, people can find you. Where can they find you if they want to pick up your book? If they want to see your shows. So I am at Tez Elias everywhere on the socials and the socials are mainly Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and uh, TikTok now. Um, oh, yeah. I'm, also tw- I'm also on Twitch, Tez Elias on Twitch. I stream, I'm a, I'm a variety streamer. I'm an, I'm an inconsistent <laughs> variety streamer. Inconsistent streamer. <laughs> um, and, but you know, I like having fun on there. It's good fun. Yeah. Um, and com slash hello is my link tree is my link to all my things so where you can buy my book where you can buy my tour tickets i'm on tour this autumn uh throughout the entire country so please come to a show um and all the works that i've done that chris has referenced all the links that are there tezilias.com slash hello brilliant i'll put i'll put links so for those of you listening there'll be a link in the description of this podcast and for those of you watching it'll be in the comments below or just be in the description of this video so thanks again tez tez for joining us here on the mental health bar and uh opening up about your alopecia that was very nice of you um we'll be back next week with another mental health bar thanks very much everyone stay safe